welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin. I'm a transformation and human design guide who is passionate about guiding women to be the most authentic versions of themselves. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-empowerment, wellness, healing, parenting, mental health, spirituality, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This podcast and this space is all about helping you along on your own self-project journey. So welcome. Let's sit back and we'll dive right in today. Welcome back to the show today. I am so excited to have on as a guest today, Marissa Hammond. And Marissa is a self-love and life coach who helps people take responsibility for themselves so they can be their true self and create their ideal life, which I think is awesome. And I'm going to not give away too much more because I love all the tools that you use to help others kind of find their own self-awareness and really kind of find themselves, but I don't want to give away too much. So Marissa, if you don't mind, do you mind giving us a better introduction of yourself and then just kind of sharing some of your story that led you to kind of what you do today and why you want to help people in this way? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Christy. I'm so excited about this, especially the middle of lockdown and pandemic. Whenever I can have real conversations like this, like, oh, it's it's so nice. So thank you. Um, yeah, like you said, my name's Marissa. So I'm a self-love and life coach. I didn't plan to become a self-love <laughs> life coach. Back in the fall of 2019, I was five years into my career as a personal trainer and it just didn't feel right. I kept being like, oh, there's, there's something else off here. I was like, it's, it's, I know I'm helping people, but I feel like there's something not quite right. And it was in a meditation where it hit me. It was like, you're doing something amazing, but it's not meant for you right now. And I was like, oh, so I gave him my notice. And then over the next three months, I'd kind of figured out what was happening. And I had my last day of work was a Friday of January in January, 2020. And then on the Sunday I was on a plane to Australia. So I went down to Australia, soul searching. I'm from Canada. So literally the other side of the world, I left my girlfriend, my dog, our house, everything. And I went down there and I spent two and a half months in Australia, literally just figuring like, all right, like, what am I supposed to do next? And it was through that one of my many walks on the beach alone in the silence where I made a deal with the universe. And I said, if you want me to do something, let me know. And then two days later, someone messaged me asking me if I did life coaching. And I said, well, I guess I do. So I was like, I'll try because I got a decent amount of tools from being a personal trainer and a lifestyle coach, but also just from my own healing journey over the years. So I tried it and then it was awesome. I literally had this full body high after that first session. I was like, I guess this is what I'm meant to do. So I then I got the certifications, I did the other stuff. And then over the years, over like this past year, and then just from all my sessions, it kind of evolved into this whole self-love thing as well, because that's, that's just been my own journey for these past years is figuring out how do how do you love yourself? Something we talk about all the time, but okay, like say, love yourself, be authentic, you know, do that thing. And it's like, all right, but what is that anyways? So yeah. Um, just, I absolutely love that you, um, you really follow your intuition. And, and I feel like that's something that I've really leaned into in the last couple of years. And it's just led me amazing places, but it takes a lot of, a lot of courage and a lot of trust to just do that. Because I love that you're like, this doesn't feel right. 
And then within no time at all, you're like, nope, pivoting. And then just, you know, these other things came into your life and you're like, this is what I meant to do. This is what I'm, where I'm meant to go right now. And I just think that that's beautiful because I feel, I'm going to share a quick story. I feel like that's how human design came to me. Like I first started, first learned about it almost two years ago and I just put it aside because I was like, okay, this is cool, but it's whatever. And it kept coming back. The universe kept just bringing it back in, back in, back in. And so finally it was that moment of like, okay, okay, universe, like you obviously want me to do something with this. And then it was, then it was just this dive all in. And it's been like this incredible journey ever since. So I just, I love to hear people who are just like, I just leaned in and I, I followed it. And so, so, uh, you know, I just love that, that you're like, well, I wasn't considering life coaching, but now here I am and you're helping so many people. So what are, you know, what are some of the things that you really kind of um, teach the people that you work with that you like really stress upon them that is is really important in their own kind of self-love and self-awareness journey? The first thing is just be you. So many of us, we try to either be who we think we're meant to be because of our parents or because of society. Like those, those external pressures, the trying to be who we're supposed to be based off of what we unconsciously learned from our parents or what we were told. Um, and sometimes it's not even what we were told, but what we interpreted. Often that's what it is. And then same thing from society. Society will tell us one thing and sometimes that thing that they tell us to be or how we should show up is not actually what's going to light us up. We were talking about trusting that intuition and that pull and whatever you're being called towards trusting that and going with it. And I'm very good at hearing it and then resisting it and being like, no, my way is better. Or the thing that I learned from my parents or from society, that's got to be the way because everybody else is doing it this way. So it's supposed to be it. But there's a reason why we all keep running into walls when we don't trust ourselves because it's, it's meant for us. We're meant to be on the specific journey. So that number one thing is just be you. And it's the same as how we have different clothes that light us up and different styles that we like to wear. And that just feels like us. It's the same thing with routines. It's the same thing with relationships, with jobs, with the food we eat, the exercise we do. We have just so many things that are specific to us. And when we just learn to trust that and be ourselves, everything flows from there. I absolutely love that, that just be you. Cause that's, that's, um, kind of my mission and motto too, is just like, be authentic, just be you, be unique. And so what I really picked up, uh, is that conditioning. So like you said, it's, it's like, be you don't be what's like everybody else wants you to be your society. It's all that conditioning that we've picked up along the way. And so, um, you know, I know for myself, working through some of those things were, were absolutely transformational, absolutely transformational to realize that, like, um, I didn't have to have these beliefs anymore. I didn't have to have that conditioning anymore. Like, um, one that I'm actually currently working with is I, uh, I am an alcoholic. And so I was actually recently talking with somebody and I said, you know, it's, it was such a short period of my life, two years. Like, I know that I can't drink again. But like my whole, uh, I guess you would say like thing that went on in that time. I'm like, do I always have to, to, um, both like label myself as that and walk around and say that. And so it was a really interesting conversation about kind of like 
labels? And she's like, no. She goes, you can absolutely rebuild those neural pathways that tell you that into I was, or I used to have a problem with drinking or this or that. And um, I just, that was so profound to me that, you know, we, we could do that. Yeah. It's, it's so powerful. Like you said, that we can change our conditioning and our beliefs and that's it. It's realizing you really can shift your perspective and what is, what are your beliefs? And that's the foundation for everything is what we believe that is that, that program that runs everything because our beliefs generate our thoughts, which generate our feelings, which generate our actions, which generate our outcomes, what creates our reality. And it's amazing when you start to then look at your beliefs and become conscious of them and realize, oh, wait, I, I don't, I know logically, I know that doesn't make sense, but somehow in my being, I still believe that, right? I can know in my head, I'm good enough and I don't have to do more, but for some reason, I feel like I still have to. Why? What's that difference? Like, where's that disconnect between my head and my heart? And how do I shift that? Because it's one thing to recognize, oh, of course I know I'm being illogical, but then there's almost that guilt and that shame attached to it because you're like, well, I know I'm being illogical, but I still feel that way. So then it, you almost feel bad about that. So it's like, how do we shift that? And if you look at how our beliefs are formed and how we come find something and come to the conclusion that something is the truth for us, it's through two things. It's through passed down knowledge and experiences. So that's why our parents and society have played such a major role because they're the one who've been giving us the knowledge. Right. So your parents will tell you this is good. This is bad. Society tells you this is good. This is bad. Right. And how you interpret that, how you hear what they're saying is this is good and that's bad. That's the knowledge part of the belief you built. And especially between like the ages of zero and seven, that's just where you're just taking everything and you don't filter anything. Everything comes in. And then when you get from like eight to 12, you start to kind of play around and you kind of test a few things. But it's not till after you're like like between 13 and 17 is really where you start to try on specific things and be like, okay, who, who am I going to be? And then after that, by the time we're like 25, most of our, like our brains developed. And by the time we're 35, 90% of our life is unconscious just based off of all these things. Right. So if you've learned the knowledge part from your parents and from society, the things that we see the most, that's where we gain our knowledge from. Then the other part of it's the experiences. So you may have had your parents say, it's okay for you to cry. But then if you cried and you had an experience at school where the kids made fun of you, that experience is going to trump the knowledge because that experience, that feeling is what takes over so much more. So when it comes to then rewriting our beliefs, it's the same thing. We have to give ourselves new knowledge and new experiences. And because the body remembers so much, we really have to make sure we really give it that new feeling experience and often again and again, because it the often that one little new experience isn't going to be enough to overcome that old belief. So if you break it down into those two things of how can I gain new knowledge and new experience to prove to myself what the actual truth is, that's going to be how you're going to be able to shift your beliefs, which then means that your thoughts shift and then your feelings shift and then your actions shift and then your life shifts. That's so powerful because, you know, as you're speaking that I'm thinking so often we approach it um, from like a mindset kind of thing, like, okay, 
I'm going to say my affirmations. I know that thoughts create my reality and my things. I'm going to shift my mindset, like, you know, being positive, but we forget that these vibrations are still like stuck in, in our bodies, that it's, it's not all about just, you know, the thoughts that's part of it. But like you said, it's, it's getting into the feeling of it and then creating new feelings experiences and knowledge around it. And I was just, when you're speaking, it's just like these powerful things kind of clicking into space. And I'm like putting a new feeling and experience around it. So I'm just like such a simple thing. And that was such powerful connection right now for me. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So I know, you know, in your own journey, um, you you dealt with a lot of different things. Do you kind of, you know, I have uh, different limiting beliefs that you dealt with some different, you know, kind of maybe psychological things that were going on having trouble accepting and loving yourself, all these different feelings. So um, do you mind kind of just sharing a story with us from, you know, just one of these things that you overcame kind of in your own healing journey? Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because I will overcome things And some of them, then I forget and I go back to the old beliefs and have to overcome it again. And that's okay, right? If I look at my my journey over, I'm 27 now and looking back, I can see I've, my my addiction's been food and overeating, but there's, there's, I've really realized that there's three sides to my, my food addiction. There's, there's the chemical side, there's the emotional side and there's the habitual side. Right. So you mentioned you being an alcoholic, right? You can be addicted chemically to it. And then that can shift over time as your physiology change and the neural networks change. But if you're then still habitually addicted to it, that's a completely different thing, right? You can have someone who's not chemically addicted, but is habitually addicted, right? Or throw in the emotion. So it's been interesting to see this, the evolution of my relationship with food over the course of the past 10 plus years because I know so much of it has been in the past an emotional addiction because, and it's just, I didn't want to feel pains and aches. So because of that, whenever I would start to feel anything uncomfortable or this ache inside my heart from either not being good enough or not being wanted or not feeling valued, then I would eat food. That's how I would deal with it. That's also how I'd stress manage. That was my form of self-preservation. As a kid, I learned if things are stressful, eat this thing and it's going to make me feel safe. So now whenever I look at myself, I go, why am I self-sabotaging? I realize I'm not self-sabotaging. My body is trying to learn how to preserve myself based off of something I learned from when I was younger. And being like, that's okay. Now what I'm trying to do is it's not about trying to force myself to make sure I follow this thing and don't self-sabotage. It's about saying, how can I make sure I feel safe? How can I tell myself what the truth is so that way I no longer need this old self-preservation? And it's interesting because over the years, I've, I've never been someone who's gained a lot of weight, but I'll go up and down 10, 15 pounds. And working as a personal trainer, there's been additional shame that I put on myself around that because I go, well, I'm a personal trainer. I'm supposed to figure this thing out. And I've always been strong. I've always been fit, but fluctuating that 10, 15 pounds would mean that sometimes I would be less fit Marissa and sometimes I'd be more fit Marissa. And it's, it would, it's kind of frustrating 
because and like and like to be honest it is it's frustrating because when you then figure out the emotional side of things and I'm like okay now I'm dealing with my emotions then what kicks in is the habitual side of things it was back in in January I went and saw my doctor because I was like my energy is kind of going up and down everywhere and I was like there's something else going on there's other emotional things going on in my life as well but what happened was I went to my doctor and he was like, Oh, like, like, let's feel, cause I looked at all my history. He's like, like, let's feel like your stomach. Right. He's like, like you're full. And I'm like, I feel empty. So it was very interesting is I've realized like I'm learning to overcome my food addiction on the emotional side, but the habitual side is still there. So just because I'm not emotional eating and not eating the sugar and the other things, my body still is over consuming water, over consuming vegetables and realizing like, Oh, interesting there's still the habitual side there or the neural side of when you start to eat, just keep eating. doesn't matter what it is. So like coming to terms with that and sitting like, okay, like knowing that there's gonna be some things I'm, I've overcome that. And then I forget and I have to go back and figure something else out. And it's always going to be a journey. You're always going to be figuring some things out, but figuring out how to feel those deep, achy feelings inside you has been such a game changer for me. Because when you can sit in whatever that uncomfortable thing is, that's when you release your need for whatever your numbing or self-sabotage thing is. Because for most of us, that self-sabotage thing, and we, we do it, whatever it is, we, if it's scrolling, if it's watching TV, if it's food or alcohol or sex, whatever it is, we do it. And afterwards we go, why did I do that? Okay, that's right, because it's it's self-preservation. This is how I've learned to cope with this. So when we go back to realizing, oh, that's right, I'm safe then we no longer need that anymore. But knowing like it's okay, it's going to be a process, but how can I give this to myself now? How can I make myself feel safe? And it's, it's always going to be flowing and changing because life flows and changes. You're going to figure it out and then you're going to forget, or you're going to figure out this thing and then you're going to forget that one. And it's, and that's okay. Right. But just knowing like the point isn't to be perfect. It's just to learn something from it and move forward. So there's so many different things I've learned over the years, right? I've learned now I can stand and look at myself in a mirror and I look into my eyes and I can look at my body from a place of purely just looking at the facts and observation without judgment versus before I would look at it and either judge it or say, no, I'm not going to look in the mirror because then I know I'm going to judge it. But just because I'm not looking at it and bringing up the judgment doesn't mean the judgment's not there. So saying, okay, I'm going to look in the mirror. What's the facts? Same thing. I spent years where I wouldn't go on a scale because I'd say, no, the scale triggers me. But just not going on the scale didn't mean that I wasn't actually over it. It just meant that I was not looking at it. So that was a really hard thing too, is to realize like, okay, just because I'm avoiding the things that trigger me doesn't mean that I've actually healed whatever it is underneath. It just means I'm not putting my, I'm controlling my external circumstances so much that I don't allow that sensitive part of me to get poked. And so there's times still where I will walk past a mirror on whatever day, if I've eaten too much the day before, I'll catch my brain and it'll snap and it'll go back to old beliefs of you're not lovable unless you look a certain way. Go back to beliefs based off of what society's told us right? Go back to beliefs based off of what I learned from my experiences from when I was younger. I learned I got attention for being beautiful. And I go, okay, well, if I'm not that, then I must not be lovable. And then I catch myself and go, wait, is that the truth? No, the truth is you're bloated and you feel kind of gross because you ate too much sugar yesterday. Okay. That's the truth. Like don't, don't pretend that doesn't exist because that's the truth. And if you pretend that doesn't exist, you'll keep doing that behavior and you'll keep feeling pretty gross, (laughs) right? But don't let 
that we di don't dis don't uh, mix up the I feel gross with the I am gross, right? That's that's so huge just to realize coming to terms with the reality, but not allowing that reality to dictate your feelings and your judgments about yourself. Because the truth is, like we are all such beautiful bodies. The truth is my body's been healthy and unhealthy. That's also the truth. But oh, sitting in that place of saying, I don't feel healthy is a different than saying I am not healthy. Healthy is a measurement, right? There's different things that measure that. And so it's just coming to, to terms with that, right? Saying, okay, like, am I treating my body with love? Am I taking care of it, right? Same with the mental side. You can look at that. Like I can look at my thoughts and say, oh my gosh, I can judge my thoughts that are running all over the place. And I can say, okay, but what is the truth? Oh, the truth is, yeah, the truth is I, I'm actually thinking some pretty dark, depressing thoughts, hmm. right? So not pretending that they don't exist, but saying, and that's okay. That's okay. And now what am I gonna do about how am I gonna love my thoughts and my mind so that way I can get back to this place of feeling like, me, the whole me, not the me, which is still living in that old pain, but like the real whole in a life me. And then when you're in that place, that's where you feel safe. And then everything else flows from there. I feel like I totally didn't answer your question. I just went off on a side tangent. <laughs> I No, you totally did because you shared an experience with us. And then I feel like that really brought out so many, so much more depth of things. I love how you say, like, you know, looking at yourself and just saying, what are the facts where you can get to like, this neutral space. Um, but you know, what are, what are the facts about this? And I also love not identifying, not identifying with, like you said, I feel gross. It's not, I am gross. Um, we have a thing with that. My youngest was diagnosed with ADHD and has, and it's been a real big thing taking that again, identity from, I have this, like I have this extra thing to, you know, this extra uniqueness about me instead of saying like I am this and there's you know no kind of like way around you know he's he's put himself like there's no way around it and I'm like it's just a small piece of you that you know it's a small piece of me as well I have it too like so um I just love that, like not identifying with that, kind of taking a step back. A real cool trick that I've been using lately too is uh, kind of asking myself, like, because emotional eating has been a really big thing for me as well throughout my life. And then like addiction transfer. So I actually loved when you said too about the habitual side is still there. The, yeah, you're not, you know, maybe doing this, but like you said, then you were drinking more water or you were doing more of this or, you know, and I thought, oh, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. So you know, um, get back to it, Christy. So that I was saying a question I like to ask myself before I'm going to like go into the kitchen and kind of, you know, make my food choices or anything like that. I just say, is this what my body wants right now? And then I just kind of tune in and, and it's been fascinating because literally I'll have that sacral response. If you know, human design of like, you know, almost a pool towards like, yeah, that's what I want. Or just kind of like a Nah. And, and I listen and it's just been a really cool way of just, um, kind of getting the brain out of the way, which isn't easy. You know, like we said, it takes a lot of self-awareness you're not going to be perfect every time. Not saying that it works out that way every time, but sometimes the mind wins and it's like, no, I want the chocolate. Um, but I just think that 
I just think this is a beautiful conversation and just, you know, what you've told us and then just being able to kind of tune in, you know, getting the brain out of the way because the brain's telling us and chattering and saying a million different things. And it's trying to, you know, like you said, go into self-preservation survival mode and, you know, don't do that, do this. No, that's, you know, this is comfortable. That's not getting it out of the way and then tuning into the body. So, you know, what are some of the things that you, what are some of the tools that you kind of give your clients to start with self-awareness? You know, do you like to do kind of like a, just a, like kind of like a snap to your thoughts. That's often what I tell people is just like, kind of snap yourself like, whoa, just even being aware of those thoughts are really powerful. But what's some, some tips that you give your clients about that? So much of the work I do with people is asking them questions because as human beings, the way we are, we're designed to protect ourselves and stay safe. So we don't ask ourselves the hard questions, which will make us realize that we actually want to change because change is hard work. And that's not the point of us staying safe is that we don't want to change. We just want to be safe. We want to stay, keep everything where it is. So by asking questions, what happens is often my clients will end up becoming aware of things that they had no idea of before and the things that they're becoming aware of beliefs becoming aware of thought patterns becoming aware of different emotions it's all the same stuff or becoming aware of different habitual patterns that have been happening sometimes for years i used to look at some of my patterns and say no like i don't have a problem eating with emotional eating i was like i eat really good for two weeks and then i have two weeks where i fall off but that doesn't count i didn't realize those two weeks where I'd be emotional eating was part of my habitual cycle. Two weeks of normal eating, two weeks of emotional eating, two weeks of normal eating, two weeks. I didn't look at that. I was just completely unaware until I was with a naturopath who pointed out, they said, you do realize that that's all part of the same cycle. And I was like, oh, right. So a lot of what I do is just, it's just asking people the questions to help them become aware of themselves. And a massive tool for this that I find for myself and for people is through journaling. So if I give clients journaling homework, I'll give them specific prompts, things which will then start to have them dive into specific things. And I do an eight-week program called self-awareness and self-management, which is literally about that. It's about, and at the end of each week, there's a reflective journaling section where everyone goes through these specific questions to then start to become more aware, as well as some of the questions are prompts of what are different action steps and tools they could use to help them manage these different things once they become aware of them. But journaling is huge for that self-awareness piece because you actually have to answer the question. And it's also important to make sure that when I'm working with clients that I'm not telling them the answers because the knowledge is out there. The amount of podcasts, books, articles, you can find anything on the internet. The problem isn't getting that knowledge up here. It's the same as beliefs. We know the stuff here. It's about having it sink into us so that way we actually understand it on that heart level, Mark oh, I get this, right? So by using questions, either through the one-on-one talking to people or through journaling, that's what helps people go into that self-reflective process. And then when it comes to the management side, it's completely different for everyone because what works for me is not going to work for other people. So it's really the same thing, asking yourself, what are going to be the things that are going to help me do this? If I ask 10 different people, what is going to be the best form of exercise for you? I'm going to get 10 different responses because it's going to be whatever the easiest for them to do and whatever brings them joy. 
there's going to be certain things that scientifically are going to help their body progress more <laughs> for sure. Right? I didn't know that as a personal trainer, if someone was to ask me, what's the best way to build muscle, to lose weight, to rehabilitate and eat, there's specific things for that, but it's really, it's the same thing as being authentic and being you as saying, okay, like I really believe that if we learn to be honest about the facts of what our body's asking for, and then tune in and trust that intuition and say, okay, and what's going to bring me joy along the way, we're going to find the answers. So it's, it's just that it's figuring out what are the tools that work and using tools like human design, understanding astrology, understanding your personality type, understanding if you're more of a morning person or a night person, understanding what your attention span is, understanding all these little things about you and how you naturally flow. That's going to also help you be successful, but so much of it's going to just start with that awareness piece of, okay, who am I? What are the things that light me up? And how can I just love myself by trusting that and doing those little things? And everything really does seem to flow from there. And it's way easier said than done. I know at the beginning, you're like, that's great that you heard that nudge and you followed it. I'm like, oh, trust me. There was three months of being like, nope, not following this. Nope, this is a horrible idea until eventually I'm on a plane. And then it took me two months to calm down once I was in Australia, right? But I got there eventually as stubborn as I am. <laughs> right. And, and that's okay. Right. But it's going to be completely different journey for everyone. And I, I call it my ideal self recipe. Every couple months, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, every couple of months I'll sit down and I say, okay, with what I know about myself, what are the things I know I need to do more of and the things I need to minimize in my life for me to thrive? I know I run off of a certain amount of sleep. I know I need to do that. I know I don't run very well when I watch TV. I know I run really well when I drink water and take my supplements. I know I don't run really well when I hang out with these kind of people and have these kinds of conversations. I know I work really well when I connect with people who I love and who bring me joy. I know I don't do as well if I try to get all my email replies done within two hours. I know I work really, really well if I start my day off with a walk and meditation. I know I don't do very well if I start complaining about whatever. It's like, so you start to learn things that make you feel good and things that don't. And some of these things are going to change as time goes on, right? There's going to be periods in my life where dancing brings me tons of joy. And other times where I dance, it really doesn't do too much for me. So that's okay. I'll let it go. But if you're really honest with yourself, there's going to be 90% of the stuff is going to be pretty consistent with you being you. It's like, yeah, that those things that light you up, that bring you joy, that's, that's you. And then if you trust that and honor that in yourself, that's when everything flows. And I love how you mentioned before asking your body before you go into the kitchen, like what, what does my body want? And, and I, I know mine's a sacral authority as well. It's, I don't specifically feel it in my sacrum, but I feel my whole body hits this this sense of peace. It's like this deep peace just falls over me. And that's what happened in that meditation. When I decided to leave my job at the gym, I was like, Oh, just my whole body, just this massive sense of peace. And this is right. And that, so that's how I know, but it's about learning, like you said, to listen to whatever that senses of your body telling you yes and differentiating the energy of your body saying yes with what your physical body or chemistry or brain is saying in the moment because there's times I'll walk into the kitchen where my body says cookies are going to be the best thing for me right now 
And I say, okay, body, not hormones body, not tongue body, but energetic body. What, what's going on there? Like, what's that best thing for me? Cause, cause we know. And if you're just getting into this and if you're just trying to figure out what are those things that help me feel like my best self, it's going to be a bit of trial and error. If you've been spending your whole, like, and this was me before I spent my whole life doing the right things and being miserable, right? I was like, okay, I've got the boyfriend, I've got the job, I've got the perfect routine. I've got like all these things, the friends. And I was like, but it, it just doesn't feel right to me. And so then I, I had to relearn what felt right. And I would, it's the same as you try on different outfits and you try and say, does this one feel good? No, not quite like me. Maybe I'll switch the hat. Oh, there we go. Now it feels like me. And then you stick with that. And if it doesn't feel like you, then you switch to something else. But there's going to be a lot of trial and error. So being gentle with yourself while you're figuring it out, it'll take a bit of time. And that's okay. I love you talking about the trial and error because we were discussing before uh, we started recording that Marissa is also a profile profile line three, six. And so the three is just all about like trial and error, experimenting, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't like. So when she's like, oh, I'll try that out. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the, the, that's completely the three line. Just, just trying things out. So I think that's so cool. But, um, you know, I love, <laughs> this is so simple. I'm like, why don't I do more of this stuff? You put writing down, you know, you kind of do a reflection and an evaluation of writing down what works for you and what doesn't like, I have never taken the time to write it down. I'll think, oh yeah, like I have it in my head, but we all know what happens to the stuff that's in our head. Like I can think of a few things now. I was like, Christy, why have you never wrote it down? That's a genius idea. So thank you for sharing that because, you know, I was already thinking of a few things that I'm like, I'm going to go jot that down because then it gives you something to also, I feel like refer back to, to help you kind of reinforce like, oh yeah, I remember when I do that certain thing or eat that certain thing or hang out with that person. Like, I don't feel good, you know? Okay. Let me rethink this or, you know, let me refeel this out. So that's just, it's just, yeah. Something as simple as writing it down is monumental. <laughs> so, you know, you already mentioned that you run an eight week program. Do you have any other way that you work with people or any other kind of like offers that you have available to people if they want to work with you? I do mostly one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, that's what I have so much fun with. And I really, the reason I love it so much is because I really get to connect so deeply with people. That's one of my superpowers is just, I have so much love and really care about people. And that's where I get to give them the specific tools in the moment to help them, like I said, ask them the questions so they can make the connections to move themselves and their life forward. The eight-week program is awesome because it's basically I take my brain and I've said, okay, with everything I know, how can I give this to you so you can also organize your brain so you can get yourself motivated so you know how to change your limiting beliefs so you can manage your thoughts and you can choose the ones that are helpful specifically for you how you can understand your emotions and learn how to meet your own needs and take that responsibility for yourself. So that way you can actually feel the emotion, but also not get stuck in this cycle of repeating it or repressing it. And then saying, how do you take action? Like, how do you actually get yourself to start to do the things? And same thing, figuring out for yourself, what are those tools that help make you be able to take action move forward? Because it's different for everyone, but the general premises are the same. 
It's figuring out, okay, like we're human beings. Our beliefs, we have our thoughts, we've got our emotions. How do these all work together and how do they affect our ability to take action, which creates our life? And that program, like I said, it's to help teach people how to do this for themselves and also to connect them to other people who are growing. So that way you can experience other human beings also growing and you realize, oh, wait, I'm not the only one (laughs) who's going through this. We're all on this same journey, which is huge. Um, And the one-on-one coaching is really much more of that, that deep dive into how can I create the change that I want and get from where I am to where I want to be from changing the mindset, changing the limiting beliefs, understanding what is my trauma? Where did it come from? How do I release it? Because it's those, those are things that they really do. They can massively affect our ability to be able to show up as ourselves, which then is where we get our joy from. And it was, it was literally today. I, I just, my, my posted it on Instagram today is April the 21st. If anyone ever wants to go back and look at it when it was, but it was, uh, I started by saying, don't mistake my body, my relationship, or my current lifestyle as the source of my joy. The source of my joy comes from me being me. And all the other things that happen in life, they flow from that. I've got the most amazing relationship with my girlfriend. I have people message me all the time saying, I wish I had a love like that. It's so beautiful. And it like I am so blessed with what I have, but that's not the source of my joy. The source of my joy is me being me. And when I step into me, that's when my relationship started to come into place. That's when, when I step into me and I feel all of it and I experience all of it, that's when I know I'm safe. And that's when I don't have this tendency to binge eat anymore. When I step into me, that's when I naturally connect with the people who bring so much love and light into my life and why I have the most amazing friends. And people, they say like, oh, but if I had those things, then I would be joyful. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the other way around. You connect to you. And when you're you, then everything's naturally just going to come and flow into your life. Mic drop. Uh, Yes, because I only have recently figured that out myself. And it's it's such a powerful shift when you when you stop saying that whole when I have this or when I've achieved this, then I can be that or I can do that. And it's just like just be it and do it now. Step into that feeling now. Step into um, you know that person you want to be now. This is an interesting thing as, um, you know, because I see my business growing and my podcast and all of these things. I was sharing with my husband, like I'm already doing the things that I love. And so I have to take a step back and think, am I happy now, right now where I'm at before this has like gone to the next level or before I've achieved these goals or this success have to look at, have I stepped into my happiness and am I creating that now? Because it's not going to change and suddenly come when I'm, you know, a gazillionaire or when I'm like, you know, famous or, you know, whatever it is, Um, or when I weigh this much or when I, you know, this, this, or that I achieve this. So, um, I just, I love that message that you're sharing because it's so true. It was just this, you know, a shift for me to be like, I don't have to have this thing or or meet this goal yet to just be able to step in and say, yeah, I am a podcast host. I am a business owner. I am, you know, a mom. I am healthy because I, you know, I get to choose and define what's healthy and this and that. And so I just think that that's really powerful. And now I'm rambling. (laughs) 
So Marissa, if somebody wanted to come and find you after they've heard our conversation, where are they able to find you at online and your social media? The best place to find me is on Instagram. My tag is marissa.hammond. I share my life exactly where I'm at. So it's often it's me coaching myself through stuff. Um, some days it's full of sunshine and laughter. Most days it is. And then some days it's got my pains in there too. So you can follow me there. Uh, I do have a free seven-day self-love challenge on my website, marissahammondcoaching.com, as well as I have links to all the other podcasts I've been a guest on. So if you go in, you look at those every single episode, I try to give some kind of a tool of something to dive into so that way you can help yourself grow. So yeah. Uh, Awesome. So everything will be linked up in show notes. So you'll be able to scroll straight down so that you can connect with Marissa. And I just want to kind of know as we close out, is there anything else that you kind of wanted to add? Anything else you feel called to share? We really are a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual being. And you can take care of one area and will naturally bring the other ones up. But that also means that if you really neglect one area, you don't want to look at it, it's going to limit your growth. So loving yourself is loving yourself on all those levels, right? Trust your soul, follow on that. But listen to your body. It's got so much wisdom. Listen to your emotions. They'll help guide you. And then the thoughts and the things that are going on in your mind, the point isn't to calm them and shut them down. It's to let them flow from that place of love. And then they will just guide you exactly where you're meant to be. So love your whole self, trust all of it. And it's all part of you. So just be you. Beautiful. It's the message I spread. Just be authentically you. Just be you. (laughs) So Marissa, thank you so, so much giving your time to be on to share with us today for your patience and all the little mishaps on my end. We survived. We made it through. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. It is my pleasure, Christy. Thank you so much. Keep being you. Thank you for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. Come and connect with me over on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what your takeaways were and what you want to hear more of. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these awesome episodes. Leave a review if you love the show and I will see you next time.